it's such a disservice to other women to lie about what you do. It's not cool. No. But I understand people are entitled to their right to privacy and to not talk about it. I do find it difficult when there's people that are in the public eye that suddenly look different and then are just, oh, I went on vacation. Yeah. Uh, Okay. No, I know. Okay. And it's also, again, not my place to troll or judge. I just wish more people were more truthful about it. I think it would be helpful for other women. I get messages every day from women saying, thank you so much for telling the truth. And thank you. You Yes, there's trolls, but there's also women out there that feel the way that we did and are considering doing what we did. And how nice is it to be able to help them through that now? You know, just because I've been interviewing people for more than 25 years now doesn't mean I've found all the answers. I am still searching. And on this show, I'll be in meaningful, deep conversations with fascinating humans who are going to teach us. You know, this show should feel like home for you guys. I want you to feel a wee bit better in your own skin after dropping by week after week. So be here now. Hi, you guys. Welcome to Cat Sadler Now. So glad that you're back this week with our, our new title, our new vibe, our new music. Just giving you a little, little essence, a little essence of what I want this show to be. So thanks for coming back for this new season. Today, I'm in conversation with a powerhouse of a woman, Jennifer Fisher, which I'll get to in a minute. But I couldn't follow up this week without just addressing that <laughs> that I said goodbye to my son Orion at college and if you've been following along you know how this has all evolved this summer with the move and my kids launching but as of this moment Orion is how many thousands of miles away from me? So I've been all in my feelings. I was a mess, I'm not going to lie, with letting him go and the transition, this kind of new normal for us and the way we communicate and stay in touch. It's so different. Um, so I'm trying to exercise healthy <laughs> contact with my son and letting him be and letting him fly and letting him adjust to new life. But it's been really amazing. I just miss him. I came directly home from dropping him off and went straight to his room and it smelled like him. I put on one of his sweatshirts. I'm just like really missing him, but also so incredibly thankful for this new chapter for him. So just thanks for all the messages and all the love. And interestingly enough, Jennifer Fisher, queen of hoops, luxury, modern, amazing, quality jewelry designer and businesswoman and badass is also the mother of two kids and her oldest son also on his way to college. So man, we start off this conversation, we cover so, so much, but we start off kind of talking about what she's going through. Many moms at midlife, you know, seeing their kids off to college and, you know, losing a piece of them. It's a very, very real feeling and there's no manual. Um, So we get into that a little bit. That's where she is at when we catch up with her saying goodbye to her son as well. But we get into it, y'all. She has such strong opinions about plastic surgery, cosmetic surgery, 
health. She had a major health scare earlier in her lifetime, how she dealt with that, managed that, moved on from that. We talk about overcoming fear. We talk about the importance of using failure and how that serves you in business and in life. We get into so, so much. And I love that she's raw and honest and honestly gives zero fucks what other people think. That is very much the energy of Jennifer Fisher. She's had Jennifer Fisher jewelry for almost two decades now, but she's branched on to Jennifer Fisher Kitchen. Her recipes are insane. So you'll want to follow all of her accounts. And listen, I am not the only fan. Even if you've never heard her name, you have seen her hoops and jewelry on the likes of mm, probably just about every A-lister. Rihanna, Beyonce, Selena Gomez, Hailey Bieber. I mean, the list goes on. So if you don't know, now you do. Here is my conversation with the unapologetic, fierce, strong, aspirational Jennifer Fisher. I do want to talk about the business of Jennifer Fisher. I want to talk about motherhood, the woman, the history, the beginning. But I like to just ask people, how are you doing? Like, how are you really doing as a human being in this very moment? In this very moment, I'm freaking the fuck out. My son is going to college. I'm taking him tomorrow. He's going to University of Wisconsin. We fly him tomorrow to school. My kids had to say goodbye this morning. Actually, last night they said goodbye before she went to bed. My daughter left today. They're grown up. I'm in such a weird space. It's kind of wild to have a kid going to college for the first time. So I'm excited for him. I cannot wait to watch him fly. But I'm also, I'm nervous. I'm a mom. It's my first kid going to college. I'm freaking out. Jen, you do know that I did this three days ago. Okay. So tell me everything. Cause I, did you cry? Like, so I'm like, okay, I'm not going to cry until after I leave. But, and then my friend just dropped her daughter yesterday at USC and was like, oh my God, by the way, when you get on the plane, all your nerves go away and then you're excited for them and you're not going to freak out and cry. So how was your experience? <laughs> I think it's all of those things. I, I had friends say, you know, the packing, the buildup, the, the move is the worst part. And then you're going to be fine. For me, it wasn't so much like that. I, I like, I cried like many days leading up, just like out of nowhere. Both of my boys were like, oh my gosh, what's wrong with you? And then I got there and probably like maybe you might feel here as I know it's happening to you any minute. I actually kind of felt like I need to be strong for him. I don't want to be a big sap. I mean, these kids need to launch. They need to fly. It's just really, really, it's a mix of emotion. So I didn't break down when I said my final goodbye. I was fine. But then, of course, I cried on the plane. And then I came home and I went straight to his closet and I put on one of his sweatshirts like a psycho. And I was like, oh, I can smell him. So, you know, what's weird is I'm when I walk into his room and I open his closet and I see how empty it is. It makes me sad. So I'm like, okay, I'm just the door. It's what's gonna be weird is like the door, I, you know, the door will be closed. I mean, maybe the door will be open when he's not home, but it's just so weird that they're not gonna be there. Yeah. There's not like, hey, mom, what's for breakfast? Hey, mom, can you make me this? Like, none of that anymore. I mean, maybe via phone call, but in some other need or something, but it's so weird that that void is going to be there. I know. I know. I think this whole idea of empty nesting, I'm just still trying to get my head around it. My, my oldest is gone also. So now I'm like, 
wow. It's just a very, it's a, it's, it's a season of motherhood that I don't, there really just isn't a manual. Like you said, I think everybody experiences it a little bit differently, but no matter what, it's hard. Is your daughter still at home or is she? My daughter's 16. She's going to be a junior. Okay. She's a junior. She, we've got two more years with her. She is, technically we held her back one year. So really she should be a senior, but she is a junior. So that's going to be interesting. So we're kind of dealing with the dynamic of that also where we held her back. We didn't hold her back at camp. So all of her camp friends, she's a counselor, they're all going to college. So she's going through a different emotional thing right now, which is also kind of hard for all of us because a lot of her friends are a year older and it's really interesting. I mean, you know how it is parenting. It's, there's always something there's never a dull moment at all. So it's, there's always something. I mean, listen, thank God I still have her here. You're an empty nester. I mean, that's, that's exciting in so many ways, but also so many ways do you kind of look at Greg and you're like, what are we going to do? Well, no, because he has four kids. Okay. So are they still there? (laughs) Yes. They're here a week on and a week off. So it is kind of nice. Like I am an empty nester. There's just little people around and they're lovely. So it's, you know, it's like you said, parenting, it's, it's a, it never ends. And it's, it's all of the wonderful things. It's demanding and stressful and my whole heart and all of the, all of those things at once. When it comes to you, I mean, I'm just thinking about, you know, I hate like the whole, how do you balance it all thing, but you, your work is so demanding. I mean, you are face forward for your company. You are the ideas behind your company. It is so authentically, everything you produce comes from your being. And then, so, you know, you wear all the hats and then you're doing the, you know, the mothering and the wifing and, and the friending and all of that, you know, where do you, do you compartmentalize all those parts of you or is it all flooding into your minutes every day? It's kind of all flooding into my minutes every day. I kind of, I, you know, I've tried to sometimes do that, but I find it unfortunately, unfortunately with the way our brand is evolving and growing, it is all encompassing within my life 24 seven. So it's sort of, I live it and breathe it and it's fun. So, you know, there's times when it's really overwhelming and stressful. You know, I had some meetings this morning in the office. So I work, we have corporate offices, we have retail stores. I had meetings in corporate office this morning. And so, you know, coming out of those meetings, it's always kind of interesting because there's growth and there's lots of things happening. I mean, I started this business in my bedroom 18 years ago. Like I never believed that it would become what it has today. I mean, I, I, I was hopeful, but it's very exciting. So I'm sort of driven by, you know, when it comes to juggling all of those things, I'm driven by the fact that, okay, I'm really lucky to be here. Mm. You know, yes, I've worked hard to get here, but I'm very lucky to be here. So the opportunity to do this in itself is a gift. So I try not to look at it negatively in any way when it does impact my personal life, because it does come into it. It's all part of it. Yeah. And it's who we always have been as a brand. So it's exciting. Yes. Gratitude, gratitude at the core, always gratefulness, gratitude. And people are always like, what did you do? I'm like, well, besides checking my phone, cause I run a business. I do. I go on Instagram and I check Shopify and I do all those things. I, I wish I had a better, I wish I had better skills to be still. I mean, I do meditate. We can talk about that. Not as often as I should, but the first thing I do when I wake up every morning is I I'm grateful to be here because I, I, I had that my whole life. My father died a year ago in July and he died pretty quickly. And he was sort of the light of my life. And I loved my dad so much, obviously both my parents, my mother is still alive, but he, watching him deteriorate so quickly and 
pass away really gave me a new perspective on how lucky we really are to be here mm. every day, having the opportunity to do what we do yeah. uh, in our space. So I think when you think about it that way and you and you you kind of get rid of, oh, it's so stressful. Why do I have to do this? It's so annoying. I mean, yeah, there are those things. But at the end of the day, we're really lucky to be here being able to do this. Mm, I love that perspective. I believe in that so much. I'm sorry for the loss of your father. I, I know that in the beginning for you also, in many ways, another kind of maybe seismic shift in your personal world was your own health scare. So I want to set up a little bit for people who maybe don't have 17 pairs of your hoops the way that I do in my closet and are, are learning you a little bit. You were a fashion stylist first. I know you're from California. The jewelry thing came later, you guys, when her you know necklace shows up on Uma Thurman on the cover of Glamour magazine. So there's quite a jump there. And then also your tumor scare. So how, can you just tell us a little bit how, you know, the, what those early days were like and then how you know, going through chemo and, and focusing on your health played into the launch of, you know, the rest of your life, really. Totally. So uh, when I, I was a word of stylist in LA, I did mostly commercials. I studied business marketing at USC. I thought I wanted to be a publisher of a magazine until I got an internship doing that before one of them and realized this is absolutely not what I wanted to be doing. I loved fashion. And I did some fashion styling for some magazines and some, for some celebrity. And I really realized that the way to do it and to make money and to really be successful in certain ways with a consistent job was to be a commercial wardrobe stylist. So I was that for 10 years in Los Angeles. Loved shopping, loved what I did, loved fashion always. And I got diagnosed when I was 30 with something called a desmoid tumor, which is a soft tissue sarcoma. It is not breast cancer that is on my left chest wall. And at the time, a lot of doctors were not really sure how to treat these types of tumors because a lot of them come from either in your uterus, from childbirth, or i.e. from plastic surgery, from keloid scars that can turn into tumors, which is what my case was because I had breast implants three years prior, and that's where the tumor came from. Not breast implants specifically, but from a piece of my scar tissue that then turned into a desmoid tumor. Got very, it. very rare. So wow. don't get scared. It's very, very rare. Okay. And it, the first doctor thought it was breast cancer. And I went through a, a surgical biopsy for it, which was successful, but they should have never cut into the tumor because these types of tumor, if you, tumors, if you give them blood flow, they can metastasize, which we learned later, but mine didn't, thankfully. And I ended up with a great doctor at UCLA that suggested chemotherapy first over radiation, which would have been the second step, but the chemotherapy worked. I went through 12 rounds of high-dose methotrexate chemotherapy at Cedars-Sinai and here at St. Vincent's in New York. I was I had an amazing commercial uh, stylist. His name was Eric Joyner uh, at Tool in Los Angeles, and he would allow me to have extra assistance so I could continue working while I went through my chemotherapy. Super generous guy and grateful to this day. And it really helped me get through that. And when I was done, I had dated Kevin, who is my now husband of almost 22 years. We had dated for almost three years. And I he proposed when I was going through chemo. We got married a year later. And I still, I didn't lose all of my hair for my chemotherapy. For those who are like, are kind of not sure what methotrexate does. It's for given to women of child that can still have children of childbearing age years. And I was able to then move forward and have kids. But first, my doctor did not want me to carry the child because my tumor grows from estrogen. So we had to go through surrogacy after we got married, obviously. And it was unsuccessful both times. First time she got pregnant and miscarried, I think it's 12 weeks. Second time, I think 16 weeks. 
We quit, came back to New York. I went through IVF on my own. It didn't work. And then we were like, we got to take a summer off. Like, this is getting to be too much. Like, we, uh, this is affecting our relationship. So I, we took the summer off and I got pregnant. And I'd never been pregnant before. So it wasn't, I wasn't sure if it was, you know, I wasn't like I had a difficult time getting pregnant. I just had never been pregnant before. And I wasn't really allowed to carry the child. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to carry this child after all of this. Let's see what happens. And Well, wait, I not did. to cut you off, but that's that's an actually pretty big decision to make. Were there a lot of discussions that went into that? And like, were you conflicted or was there no question? I'm pregnant. We're moving forward. That's scary. I was for sure like that. I was not conflicted at all. I was like, listen, I'll sign whatever paper you want me to. I will terminate the pregnancy if my tumor starts to grow, which I did. So I had to do all of those things because my doctor did not want me to carry the child. And it turns out my tumor shrunk from having Shane. So I was a total normal, healthy pregnancy, even though I had to go through high risk because of my tumor. I was totally normal and fine. He was born completely healthy. My tumor actually shrunk, which is totally rare. And I'm now a case study at Emory of women of childbearing years that have gone through this and have actually had a child without your tumor growing. Awesome. So that's kind of interesting too. Mm. So, and then six months later, I got pregnant with Drew. But before that, when Shane was born, to back to why how my company started, People were giving me gifts to represent him. And I was like, I'm not going to wear this. This is so not me. Not my style. It was like a little person. I was like, beautiful, but just not me. I wanted something heavier. I wanted something that felt more fashion. And I, being a stylist, being super resourceful, I went up to the jewelry district and I literally knocked on doors until someone was like, sure, I'll make this for you. And I I drew on a a very, you know, I'm terrible at sketching. I drew a dog tag and I wrote Shane on it and I wanted it to say his full name. I didn't just want an initial. And they made it for me. And I wore it on set when I was shooting commercials. And everybody would on it, like, you know what it's like on set. Everyone's talking and sitting around. And everyone would come up to me and say, oh, my gosh, what is that on your necklace? And I would say, oh, it's my son, Shane. And really, really, pretty much everybody was like, oh, my gosh, I know someone who would want that. Or my wife would want that. Or can I buy one from you? And I literally started selling them on set. That's how it started. You know, I would do a couple trunk shows. And then that's when I made that one. I was friends with Uma Thurman's hairstylist and she wanted, she wanted one. So I made one for her and it got delivered when she was shooting the cover of Glamour magazine that day on set. And she's like, I'm going to wear it. And so she wore it on the cover of Glamour. Wow. And so that's how that started. And then how much longer after that did the, the, the hoop, the hoopla (laughs) around the hoops begin? I mean, I've had like 25 lives as a jewelry designer prior. I mean, I wanted to make hoops forever. I had them on my mood board in my office and I'd have photos of people wearing hoops. And I'm like, I'm going to make really good hoops one day. I'm going to do it. And just finally one day we did it. I mean, we, you know, I had made the charms for a very long time in the fine jewelry. I started my website selling direct to consumer customizable fine jewelry back in the day when no one was doing that, really pretty much no one. And we grew the business, never really wanted to have a wholesale model for my business because I knew that jewelry designers were always stuck with millions of dollars stuck in inventory at stores, especially with fine jewelry. And the recession hit and I really wanted to be placed in more magazines. So I started to make heavier, bigger gold cuffs and things that were, you know, didn't have letters on them like this, but were more, you know, fashion, fashion forward and editorial. And it was literally cost me like $10,000 to make a bracelet. I'm like, there's got to be a better way to do this. So we started making them in brass and plating them in gold. And literally we started getting covers. We started getting more coverage and Barney's came to me back in the day. RIP Barney's. We loved them. They were my first wholesale account and we sold uh, the costume jewelry to them in co-op and that was even before the hoops we had then maybe we had done a couple sort of versions of a hoop but not the classic hoop and it just sort of started and when that hoop took off and people really started wanting it because they were lightweight but they looked heavy 
You know, we, we worked hard on them and you can, we, I didn't want your ears to be tired. I wanted you to be able to wear them all day. Love that so much. As someone who has super thin ears, I, I often don't wear earrings simply because it's either has to be a stud or I won't wear it because my ears are so thin. I even had one of my ear piercings slit. You know, I'm one of those girls where I had to go get it stitched back up because I wore too heavy of earrings. Such a nightmare. So I am, I am dying to get your new ones that are even more thin. Which ones are these? Do you remember? These are the first ones I actually bought. Those are actually really big. I Those know. Are yeah. You you actually went for it. I did today just because I was talking to you. <laughs> they look like baby cabins or baby jammas. Those yeah. they're you went for it. Those are big ones. Went for it. So we had thin ones. I mean, those are actually very heavy for the, for the hoops that we make too. Those are, those are the biggest ones. I mean, not in diameter, but in terms of tubing thickness, those are really big. Yeah. So we have a lot, I mean, we have, we literally have the tiniest ones to the biggest ones. I mean, that we make, you know, normally for music videos or editorial and things like that. But we, I, I knew that when we did it and it worked, I wanted to blank the market and do every single type of hoop earring we could possibly do in every texture, every shape, size, and color. I, I say like hoops are like denim. You need a bunch of different pairs to match your moods. Yes. You know, sometimes you want high rise, sometimes you want a low rise, sometimes you want a big hoop, sometimes you want a small hoop, you know? And what has the celebrity support really meant to you? I mean, I, I know that wasn't something you even tried to do. I mean, there are struggling artists and designers out there who would give a limb to get Jennifer Lopez to wear their pieces or Hailey Bieber or Beyonce or Rihanna or the first lady and all of these amazing women genuinely organically are drawn to your jewelry, but how has that played, you know, into the success of your business? Well, I, I think that any person supporting your brand and wearing your brand is incredibly helpful because word of mouth and, you know, when you see these celebrities choose to wear the jewelry when they're not being styled on a red carpet, you know what it's like. You know, it's like you choosing to wear those to go to the grocery store, to go pump gas. And so when you see a celebrity doing the same thing, that is brand cred that you can't pay for because that's completely organic and they've made the choice to wear those things. We're really lucky that all those people make the choice to wear them so often. It's just, I think it goes back to, there's a few things. I think it's relationships. I think it's, but at the end of the day, I think it's quality product. I think it's making sure that, you know, they're comfortable wearing them. If they weren't comfortable, they wouldn't wear them. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's a combination of things, but I, 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 you know, celebrity is important and it's great. And we've been really, really fortunate that we've, we've had so much of it, but a lot of it is also relationships, you know, and I say this, and this goes back to any type of business you have celebrity, non-celebrity, not even talking about that really what business to me, the most important things. And I tell my children this all the time is relationships are everything. Yeah, it really is. You know, don't be shy. You need to put yourself out there in order to get something back. Go if you're invited to something. Go mm. if someone has the opportunity to meet somebody. Go and do it. Go to that party, and maybe that party's going to suck, but maybe you're going to meet one new kid or one new person that will circle back to you one day. That you know, it's relationships. Mm. So true. So so true. That is such good advice and. Something else I tell my kids and have recently because they're both starting off and on their journeys, their paths towards their professional lives and their careers is you don't always know and your dream could change 15 times. Don't put all this pressure on yourself to have it all figured out today. And I, I love that. I'm thinking of your salts and I'm thinking of Jennifer Fisher Kitchen because I'm going to guess that 30 years ago, 
you weren't thinking one day I'm going to have Jennifer Fisher kitchen. I mean, like who would have thought that you've, you know, made all of these interesting weaves throughout your career so far? Well, I think a lot of it goes back to sort of honestly, just being who you are. You know, I have Hashimoto's also. I have an autoimmune disease that I've lived with for the last 30 years. And I, until recently, struggled with how to eat and care for my body properly with having this autoimmune disease. I had no idea that I should be on an anti-inflammatory diet. I went to millions of doctors and, you know, doctors would tell me different things and everyone would have different answers. But yes, there is medication required for what I have. Some people can control their 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 conditions with food. I require some medicine also, but the anti-inflammatory lifestyle has completely changed my life and who I am. And it's, it's funny. I was having a conversation with one of my daughter's girl, uh, girlfriends last night. She, she just got diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. So I was talking to her mom actually, before we got on about, you know, this is what you need to make sure is not in the foods that you're giving her, you know, no seed oils, no cane sugar, no gums, just being really careful about what you ingest, you know, making sure you're, you're just try to stop eating so many things. Keep it simple. You know so much. I am blown away by, I watch, I watch your cooking videos. I, I see the recipes on your website. You are so, like, I listened to your conversation with Dr. Will Cole, who I also love. I'm a fan of his, but you are so knowledgeable. I feel like you could, you need, like, you could have a degree in everything that you're sharing with people. You pack up your, your coffee potion and put it in your purse and you, like, really are so tuned in to every single thing that goes in your body. It's completely aspirational by the way. Thank you. But I was not always like this. And by the way, I'm working on a, I'm working on a cookbook. That's going to be a book. That's going to be all encompassing of all this in, in no way, right. shape or form. Do I think be an expert or trained in anything? I, I basically, it's like anti-inflammatory for dummies is basically what it is because it's all the things that I wish I knew. It's the grocery list. It's what to avoid and how to eat out in restaurants, how to do certain things that I, for so many years struggled with until I just took it upon myself to sort of take control of it once I learned tools from people like Will Cole, from different people. I don't follow his program specifically. I drink alcohol. You know, that works for me. And I always say what works for me might not work for you. We all have to make those choices. But really, when it comes down to it and the eating and, and all of that, it, it's more of a shift of, you know, I, I'm 52. When I was turning 50 is when I really was like, I feel horrible. I need to figure this out. Like, yeah. this is not getting any better. What what so, was your what was your diet like? What was your lifestyle like prior to the autoimmune disease and prior to kind of your unlock that you want to make a difference and feel better in your body? Well, I mean, listen, when I was younger and I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease, I ate like I was eating Taco Bell. I mean, it was terrible. I was eating every I mean, which was delicious, but like I was eating, you know, not foods that I should be in my whole life. I grew up eating a lot of processed foods. My father was amazing and was a big barbecue. I would always have parties. And that's sort of part of the reason the salt started is just my father. I would always watch my father blend all these different salts to make his tri-tip. Um, for those of you who don't know, it's a cut of meat in California that's very obscure. But if people who live in you know, Southern California know what tri-tip is. But my father was always having parties and doing his salt blends. But it wasn't until you know I found a great endocrinologist when I moved to New York and she was amazing and she got me off of gluten. But I never knew that all of those products, you know, the problem is with the health food industry and just food, food in general is there's so much marketing that goes into all of it. When you really think that you're eating something that's organic, you think it, you know, that the it's beautiful packaging, organic, gluten-free, it says all of these things and you turn the label over and it's a bunch of stuff you can't pronounce. 
and it's wheats and it's, it's, it's grains and it's oils and it's sugars and it's shelf stabilizers and it's all these things. And I thought I was being so healthy for so many years, eating bars, eating, you know, when I was on the show and doing all that stuff filled with garbage. And you're just constantly, you know, you, you wake up in the morning, you think you're being healthy. You don't realize what you're putting into your coffee is even making you inflamed. You know, that barista creamer, not a good idea. You know, all of those things you're starting your day off wrong. It's sort of like stripping everything away. And just really keeping it, you know, I, I always say it's sort of like a, it's almost like a cavewoman diet. You know, if you can pick it off the ground or, or you know, burrow for, you know, if there's, you know, some sort of shellfish, I eat a lot of fish. I don't eat a lot of red meat. You have to watch your iron. You have to watch your mercury with tuna. Yes, there's all of those things. But I think you just have to try to for yourself because you're the one at the end of the day that's doing this for yourself. No one else is really controlling it unless you have a full-time chef and that person's feeding you. You know, you're going to yeah. make mistakes unless you're being really mindful about what you're doing. So yeah. I, I say it's really a mindset. You have to be ready to do it. You do. You have to be ready. You have to be mindful. I, I like to say that like what I put in my body, there's an intentionality there. Know your why, why you're eating what you're eating. I, I'm very guilty of the seed oil, oat milk that I put in my coffee every day. And I know it's bad, but you talk about this word inflammation. Again, I know you're not a doctor, but I, people hear that word and they think it's bad. And like, I just had a brain scan recently and they're like, there's a little bit of inflammation in your brain. Now that could be COVID. It could be the diet. And we know inflammation is bad, but why is it so important to eat so that we do not have inflammation? Well, I mean, for me, I'm aging. So I'm, you know, like I said, I'm getting older. Things are starting to hurt when I, it's so funny. And I say this to people that are my age, if you, you know, if you go out and you eat the fries and you don't, you know, you eat the pizza, I wake up the next day, my, my joints hurt more. Yeah, yeah. You literally feel the inflammation. And that, that comes with age. Unfortunately, you start to start to feel more things, you know, your elbow hurts, your knee hurts, you get out of bed and your back hurts, your neck hurts. It's just so <laughs> true. So true. And, and maybe it's something you get to a certain age, you have to just start really paying attention to because you didn't have those aches and pains before. But you know, now that I do, you know, also my stomach, I'm my stomach, I, my gut healing, my gut, you know, has really transformed. It changes your skin. Yeah. You know, it, there's so many things that are beneficial to removing. There's, there's no reason. Why do you need to eat something that's been sitting on a shelf for almost two years because it's got stabilizers in it to keep it fresh? Like yeah. kind of gross. If you think about it, the things that you're just eating and pulling out of a freezer or, you know, or, or you don't, you know, all of those things are there so they can last longer on the grocery shelves. So it's like fewer things, better quality, you know, it's just, it, it's, and it's small and people are always like, it's so expensive. Yeah. You know, Trader Joe's is great. I shop at Trader Joe's all the time. Like there's things there that you can get organic, great foods that don't have seed oils in it. You just have to read everything that you're buying. Yes. You know, I, I feel like so many people are walking around not feeling good or feel sick. People are just walking around sick and they still haven't made that connection that it's what you're eating. And those labels, back to your point, like I hate the word natural. That is not enough anymore. None of it's like even food. It's so weird. It's yeah. like you're going to eat that, you're going to feel terrible. It's not even nourishing your body. And I try to think about that word like nourishment. You know, what are you going to feed your body that's going to, you know, to, to make it feel good? You know, it's almost like it's your car. It's, you know, you only have one. And I say this all the time. Like, I, you know, I only have one shot here in this body. I can't replace the body. I can't replace the brain. I can't replace any of this. So let's make the best of it while we can. Okay, girl. So you, you do have to talk with me about alcohol then, because that is a big, that's been a, a journey of mine personally for the last year, because I was five nights a week, you know, 
we live in big cities, every event, every red carpet, every outing, every party, you know, you're being handed a drink. And I was known for being like obsessed with spicy margaritas. It's been my whole like identity. And then about a year ago, I I was doing my hot yoga five days a week. I was changing my diet. I Same thing. I was getting, you know, I'm 40, ah, almost nine next week. And I was just like, I, I cannot do that anymore or I cannot function. I'm no good to myself. I'm no good to my kids. So I was like, how would I feel if I stopped? Not, not 100%, but like, what if I, again, back to intentionality, what if I just instead of just drinking without thinking, every time I drink, I know my why. I I don't have it in my bar at home now. Now I just only, maybe if I'm meeting my friends for dinner and instead of having three glasses of wine, maybe I'll have one. And I have to say, you know, after taking that inventory, I just truly, truly do feel so much better. And I noticed when I went to take my son to college this weekend, I was drinking, you know, back to lots of beer and I was numbing my feelings because I was so sad. And, you know, but I came home and I'm like, I feel miserable. Like all week, I've just been like, oh my God, back to basics, you know, cut it out. So how do you reconcile you know, the alcohol piece with every other side of you that I know is super, super healthy because it is poison. I mean, at the end of the day, it's not doing us any favors. It is. And I've really recently, uh, really curbed my alcohol a lot. I'm actually not looking forward to everyone coming back from being away this summer and going back to fashion week and work and events and things like that. But I honestly, right prior to summer, I stopped drinking so much at work events. And in fact, not at all. Like I went to London this summer too for some things and I went to work events. I did not drink at any of those events. And honestly, you feel like you connect better with people and you feel better the next day. But I mean, listen, I, I am, I am, I go out with my friends. I love to drink. I have, I love, I love to do it, but I try to do it less. So uh, what I've been doing and now leading up to Shane going to college, I've been trying not to drink this week. And I don't drink at my house anymore. You know, when they were younger, and it's also, you know, I think there's different sort of rules for different times when your kids are younger and you're home and you're stuck at home and you're lonely making chicken fingers and they're really little and you're really stressed and they're screaming like, I understand you need a glass of wine. Like have that glass of wine if you need it. But, you know, I, and I'm not, I'm not saying to drink alcohol all the time, but it's, it, it's something that I think you kind of just have to monitor on your own and see what you're feeling good with. And if you're feeling bad about it, stop doing it. Yeah. You know, I was, there was a time when I know that I was drinking too much. And so I stopped, you know, I was lucky that I was able to sort of do that. You know, there's, you know, I was drinking lychee martinis at Mr. Charles all the time, getting, you know, bombed. <laughs> You know, you feel pretty bad the next day. Now, you know, now the way that I eat now, I was drinking red wine, organic red wine. When I first started after reading Will's book, I was doing red wine for a really long time. It was giving me terrible reflux. So I went from red wine back to vodka for a little bit, but I'm like, I can't tolerate vodka very well. I get really buzzed really fast and I don't like that feeling. So I went to rosé champagne, champagne and yes, it's has more sugar, but I can drink it slowly it's sort of like it's still having a cocktail for me. It, it For me, it works. Yes, I'll still have an espresso martini here or there. Ask for no dairy and no sugar added. You can do that, you know, but then I'll still have my my champagne or, or you know, a vodka martini, depending on what it is. But more and more often than not, it's champagne. And I'm really stopping at, you know, if I go out, it's like two, mm-hmm. not more than that. It does make a difference. I like to say just like turning the volume down on it is helpful. And then showing yourself a little grace and compassion and not being, I have to remember like, cut yourself some slack. You literally just lost a child for four years. Like tomorrow's a new day. 
Yeah. And I feel like, you know, you wake up the next day and a lot of the times you're kind of bummed out, you know, because it, it does kind of depress yeah. you or you're kind of, you rethink of like, what did I say? What did I do? Did I do everything? Okay. You know, all of those things, you know, maybe I was, was I too loud in that restaurant? You know, things like that. But I, I you know, drinking less is very helpful. Yeah. So, yeah. And also just being really, really like, I feel better. My husband and I look at each other, we're like, let's not drink tonight as like a choice as a couple, yeah. which is, that's helpful too, to have a partner there that's supporting that too. So, you know, if it was up to him, we would drink less. Also, I'm definitely the one that's like, let's have a drink, but you know, a partner who's supportive in it. Okay. Well, let's talk about, you said it 52 years young. You are so aspirational. You look incredible. I was watching your birthday reels and like freaking sparklers and dancing on tables and I dancers. And I'm like, Oh my God. I like just, I wish I were invited. Okay. Amazing. Just amazing. And your, your body is incredible. Your, your skin looks fabulous. I know that you work on this. So for people listening, you know, what are some of your practices or what, what is this regime and, and how do you kind of continue to emit this real youthful vitality? Like what goes into that? Well, what do you want to talk about first? You want to talk about workout? You want to talk about facelift? What do you want to talk about? Ah, let's go facelift. Let's go facelift because I'm almost exactly three months post face and neck lift. We're big fans of the facelift, but there are a lot of trolls out there. Little did I know. I never expected my my little facelift story to get so much attention. And, and a lot of people have a lot to say on the matter. So what's what's your philosophy on the face? My philosophy is it's my fucking face. <laughs> it's my fucking choice. <sighs> you can have all the opinions you want about your face or my face. That's fine. But I don't really care because my face is my face. Your face is your face. I'm not judging your face or you. I don't know. I, you know, listen, I'm so used to so many trolls on Instagram, just having the brand and, and everything that we do. And I, I think that you're going to, no matter what you're going to do, someone's going to have a comment. It's, it's controversial. You know, listen, I was so sick of putting so much filler in my face. Well, let, let me, let me go back to a few things. I'll explain it. So COVID, I wasn't happy with my eyes. My eyes were always really puffy. I did my eyes right coming out of COVID. Uh, I did those in New York. Dr. Tony LaBruna loved him. He was great. Wasn't ready for a facelift at that time. So I was trying some other things. And this doctor did this thing on me. He's like, this is a, this will be a gap procedure on you something called face tight. Have you heard of that? No. We talked about this on a podcast, but I'm going to do it right now. It's something that's, it's basically, it's sort of, it's, it's a needle that goes in under your chin, but it helps tighten under your chin. But for me, it made, it gave me more laxity. Oh. So it made it worse. And then with me eating better with my anti-inflammatory lifestyle that I was on, I lost probably 14 to 16 pounds of inflammation, oh. not really weight, but just like inflammation. Like it was almost like, a, you know, it shrink wraps your body. And my face literally fell. It's like everyone's saying like, you know, there's Ozempic face that everyone's saying now that people are getting because they're losing so much weight. I did not do Ozempic. I did anti-inflammatory and just ate different, but I lost a lot of fullness in my face and it gave me a lot of laxity and I wasn't happy with it. That's very aging for those who, those young kids who don't know yet. That's what happens. You lose the volume in your face and then you end up losing, suddenly you're losing weight, but you're, you look older. Right. I'm not advocating for everyone to go out there and get facelifts, but for me, I did not like the way that I was looking. I was looking much older than I felt that I should. And I research. I did another thing too, is if anyone is considering anything like this, you need to do your research. You need to meet a lot of doctors and you need to compare, you need to kiss a lot of frogs until you find your doctor. 
I ended up finding my doctor. I decided I wanted to be a female doctor. I met Dr. Kat Chang in Los Angeles. That was my doctor. I love her. She's amazing. I hear a lot of great um, things about her. I don't know her. She's but, great. Yeah. She's awesome. She's young. She's just, she's great. And I, for me, you know, being a jewelry designer, I didn't want to have, I wanted to make sure my incisions were very clean. Yeah. She had great you know, ears, you know, a lot of people, I had seen a lot of different men that had larger hands and they looked like someone like were pulled and giant scars. And I really wanted to be careful about that. And I wanted to be subtle. So, you know, she was, she was my choice. And the scariest part was finding the doctor. Yeah. Because for me, the recovery was pretty easy. I always say it's like trimming, it's like trimming that little fat piece off the side of a chicken breast when you take it out of the package. Like it wasn't that big of a deal. Like my boobs were a bigger deal. Wow. I wasn't super painful for me. I did face, I did a mini face and neck. I did both. You know, it, it, it really, to me, I, I feel like I, it, you look fresher than you do filling your face with filler, trying to hold your face up with filler. Yeah, I know. I, I, so many people are saying that right now and I couldn't agree more. And I, I'm, I'm like you, I love my results. My only thing is like, oh, maybe I should have done it a year before. Cause I also did my eyes. That's where I noticed the biggest difference. Cause I was looking so tired and so sad. And I am so not either of those things generally. And I wish I would have done my eyes a while ago, but, but yes, I I'm so, so happy with my results. And I say the same thing that you do. It's just like, I, tr I had been going to my doctor for, you know, 15 years or something. So I trust him implicitly. And that's so, so, so important. Well, also people need to also understand that once you get your face done, you still need filler and you still need stuff. Yeah. But I'm 52. You know, what are you going to do? Yeah. And it's fun. I mean, I don't know about you. I, I enjoy it. For me, I love beauty. I love beauty products. I love, I love trying things. I am invested in feeling my best. And, you know, those were my reasons why. For me, I do all of this internal work and I do the therapy and I do the, the journals and I do the introspection and I've, you know, tried all my healing of trauma and all that stuff. Why can't I just you know, love my exterior also. It can be both. It's not, it doesn't have to be one or the other. Yeah. And people are like, oh, you know, it's not, it wasn't an insecurity thing. It just was like, I didn't like the way it looked. So I changed it. Boom. Done. Let me ask you this. Cause I know you don't care what other people think, nor did I, how was your husband and your kids? How were they, when you told them you were getting a facelift, were they like, go mom? Or did they have any reservations? Was your husband like, oh, hold up. Well, I think, you know, my kids are, you know, being my children are used to me doing a lot of crazy shit. So they're, they're kind of like, you know, they're used to it. But, you know, there's been subtle steps, you know, along the way. But I, you, my kids were away when I did it. But I also did it in California. My kids knew I was doing it. They're just like, mom, don't look too different. And I was like, I promise I won't. Yeah. I promise I won't. It'll be settled. And they're like, I, when I picked them up from the campus, they're like, they didn't even say anything. And I'm like, guys. And they're like, oh, yeah, how'd it go? You know, I've heard you say you hate when people lie about it because that goes on yeah. every day. Why, why does that myth you so bad? It really bothers me because it's such a disservice to other women. It's such a disservice to other women to lie about what you do. That's it. It's not cool. No. Like, I don't know. And, but, but, I, but I understand people are entitled to their right to privacy and to not talk about it. I do find it difficult when there's people that are in the public eye that suddenly look different. And then are just, oh, I went on vacation. Yeah. Uh, okay. No, I know. Okay. It's not my place. And it's also, again, not my place to troll or judge. I just, I wish, I just wish more people were more truthful about it. I think it would be helpful for other women. I get messages every day from women saying, thank you so much for telling the truth. And thank you. you know, yes, there's trolls, but there's also women out there that are going, that feel the way that we did and are considering doing what we did. And why, how, how nice is it to be able to help them through that now? 
And, you know, I'm not telling them to go get plastic surgery. I'm not telling them to go get filler. I'm not telling them all of those things. I'm just telling them my experience and what I went through. That's all I can do is share what I went through. I'm not, I'm not promoting it or advocating it. I'm just telling you what I did, honestly. I think that's beautiful. I couldn't agree with you more. And that's exactly the experience I've had. More and more and more women are just like, thank you for telling the truth. And then they have understandably a gazillion questions. And then I try to just at least share my experience. I've sent now after some of those exchanges, like at least three different people to my doctor who are now like so excited and just feel like a sense of, you know, renewal. You know, it's, it's hard aging. It is hard. I'm not going to pretend that it is not because, I mean, that's why I even shared my story publicly is because I've been really deep diving into what it means to be a midlife woman. And so much is changing. There are our hormones. There are our bodies physically changing. There is, who am I? Who do I want to be tomorrow? I've been this same person, this version of myself for three decades. Maybe I want to just blow it all up and become somebody else. I mean, I feel like at this season of life, I don't know about you, but like, I just, it's a real awakening in many ways, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Have you been going through any of that at at 52? And like, you know, technically, I mean, I'm in perimenopause. There's this word menopause that used to be this dirty ass word for so many years, but it is part of our lives. For sure. I'm definitely going through it. I'm for sure in perimenopause. Every time, every time I get my period, I'm like, yes. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. It's definitely coming. And I, so I'm, it's funny that we're having this conversation today. My endocrinologist in New York is very cool and into like alternative therapies. And we've been talking about peptides. And I might consider, I'm considering going on them. And there's a, there's a, a conference this weekend in California on them. So I'm into learning more HRT. I am not a candidate for my grandmother had post HRT breast cancer. I also don't want to do it. I also can't do it with my tumor because of the estrogen. So I need to find alternative ways. So I'm, I'm also hoping going through this without HRT, I'll be able to help other women go through it without HRT. I do know what the hot flashes feel like because I was on tamoxifen for many years with my chemotherapy. So I'm aware of it. It's not a fun feeling, but you know, I'm, I'm kind of just going to take it head on. And I, I, like I said, like everything else that I've sort of been doing recently and being more open about, i.e., these things. I'm going to do the same thing when I go into menopause and talk about it. There's, you know, we, we need to help each other out. It's such a gray area too. That was such a, it was, you know, it was so taboo to talk about menopause for so long too. I'm so happy that there's so many people that are doing things now like Naomi Watts and who knew her new company, you know, stripes and all of the things that they're trying to do and talk about it and demystify it. I think the more that we talk about it, you know, the better. I am so glad to hear you say that. And I'm glad that, you know, the industry seems to be taking notice and keeping up too, because there are, you know, brands and companies and products and offerings now for women. You know, it used to be like 40s, 50s, like we just fell off and we were forgotten about. And now they're actually targeting us as women, knowing the consumers that we are, the voices we have, the dollars that we have to spend. And I'm glad we're here for it. I'm glad it's happening today. You know, I feel better. I have to say now than I did when I was much younger. Maybe it's just because I don't really care anymore and I just am who I am and and that's empowering in itself to finally not really be caring about other people's opinions or or, or what they think of me. But I, I think that we can all, you know, in this age sort of help each other out. You know, we 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 should as females. I feel like it's sort of our job. You know, let's let's help the younger ones. You know, I've I've got a daughter. 
You know, I, I want to make sure that I'm, you know, it is, you know, like I'm a role model for my, maybe, maybe getting a face is not, facelift is not the best role model for a chip, but sorry, that's, that's me. At least I was honest about it. Amen. You know? And you're living yeah. your truth, which, which is something you've right. always done. And I, I am interested, you know, successful people like yourself, you know, I think back to a lot of your story and I think back to the doctor saying, don't carry a baby, but you did it anyway. And you have your beautiful son, Shane, and then eventually drew, you know, the jewelry industry saying, don't make this big, bold, chunky jewelry. It's never going to work. You did it anyway. You know, where does that, I'm going to do it my way anyway, spirit come from? Yeah, I feel like I, it's sort of ingrained in who I am. My father taught me a lot. My father was an entrepreneur. He taught me to be, you know, pretty sure of myself. But, you know, I've made so many mistakes. Let's be really clear here, too. You know, all of me charging forward and let's do this and do it my way is not always successful. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of non the things that have not been successful that I've done as, as I've grown this brand. There's been many, you know, it's been really difficult. When you're putting yourself out there, you have to be very prepared for lots of people, if not everyone, to not be a fan of you. So that's one thing, too, that you have to sit with and be okay with is, you know, you've got a million people are going to love you, 20 million are going to hate you. You know what I mean? It's, you've got, you always have that ratio. So that's okay. And when I, but when I first started my brand, I was not as self-assured about that. And I did worry more about what people thought. And I think a lot of those mistakes that I made early on as a designer and a business owner came from me looking outside too much and worrying about what other people, i.e. advice that people would, oh, well, you should build your brand this way. You should do it this way. And I took advice from some pretty powerful people early on that didn't work. So you know, no one is doing exactly what you're doing in the same path, in the same way, in the same business. So it's difficult sometimes to take that advice and to run with it. I think that you have to take advice in. You don't want it to fall on a deaf ear and you want to listen to it. But I think you also have to, you know, at some point you have to, you know, make that choice. So I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to do it this way. I'm going to hear you. I hear you. And maybe sometimes I should have listened a little bit more. You know, there's, there's, there's both sides of it. And there's other times when I shouldn't have listened at all. So you're not going to know unless you try. And I think the key to all of this is to not be fearful. And the key to all of this is to, you know, you're going to get rejection and rejection is normal. So use the rejection as power. Mm. Use the rejection as motivation. I use that all the time. Mm. And while we're getting bigger too, there's more things that happen that seem to be larger that are disappointing that happen. And yeah, then, you, then you'll have something positive that'll happen that will outweigh all of those things that are disappointing. So you just have to keep going. I talk to so many women all the time on social media, just around, and even when I meet them out, you know, and they're like, how do you do it? How do you keep going? And it's really, it's, it's taking the negative and turning it into a positive and really just continuing. And, and, you know, you're going to get beat up and you're going to get punched and you're going to get thrown down and all of those things many, many times. And every time you do, you think it's the last time. It's not going to be the last time. Let me tell you, honey, it's going to happen five more times, like probably within a day, mm. but you just have to keep getting back up and going again. Yes. Yes. You're not going to know. Yes. Use it. Use it. Use it. That's totally. so true. You can take this into any part of your life. Women, I imagine, like me, look at you and look at your campaign ads and this strong, powerful woman with this cut body and this beautiful face and dripping in these fabulous pieces of jewelry and watch you, you know, live your life. And even though you exude all this power and strength, have your weak moments, your self-doubt and that fear you just mentioned. So what, what 
does scare you or what do you struggle the most with? What parts of yourself are you working on that you know you have to really tend to to come back to the best version of yourself? Well, what's funny is you're saying that I'm thinking about this week because I had a really difficult week this week, a, probably one of the hardest weeks. You know, we are a, we are a self-funded bootstrapped company for 18 years. We have no outside investors and we're doing like our first round of all of these things. And there's been a lot of choices that I've had to make that have been really difficult. You know, you see all of this stuff and there's a campaign and there's me, but at the end of the day, I'm a mother of two. You know, I'm not rolling in everything. I put everything in my heart and soul into this brand. It's not easy. So, you know, there's, yeah, there's the campaign images, all of that stuff. At the end of the day, I'm just like, you guys, I'm walking my dog, picking up my dog, eat bog's poop. Like I'm cooking dinner for my kids. It's, it's really difficult. You know, owning a business is getting to be this size is not easy. Having to learn to give up control, all of these things, even though I'm not, you know, certain things as we, as we get larger, you know, there's just, there's, I think that it comes back to, I'm doing this for a reason. I feel like this is my path that I've been placed on, on this earth. I truly know that. And I feel very fortunate that I know that because I think a lot of people go through their lives not ever knowing that. For me, I know this to be true. I know for a fact, this is what I'm meant to be doing. This is my path. This is who I am. So I take that. I don't take that for granted. I take that as a gift of knowing that. And I harness the power of knowing that in like forward momentum. Mm. So I... I really, I really believe that this is what I should be doing. However tough it is, however hard it is, some days suck. Some days are great. You know, it's just like being a parent. It's just like, it's just like, you know, I'm just like everybody else, but I'm making the choice to consciously move forward every day. I love that so much. I love that. I love that so much. Okay. Well, I, I know we're going to lose you. So I want to just touch quickly on trends because you're such, I feel like such a trendsetter and I, I love, you know, watching you get dressed and like everything from head to toe. So this season, as it pertains to fall and some of your offerings, what are you loving? What are you into? What do we all need? Well, we're relaunching. I'm really excited. We're relaunching our website after Labor Day. So it's going to be a different look and feel for us. A whole new nav, a whole new, we've been working on it for months. I'm really, really excited about it. We just shot it. It's not just going to be about me any longer. There's going to be other characters and people there, which mm. is exciting. We're sort of just like stepping everything up. So I'm really, really proud of it. And I'm really, really excited about where we're going. There'll be some new products and then there's new find. There's going to be some new pieces that are more statement that are really fun in the other jewelry categories. We also, you know, for me in terms of fashion and style, I've decided this year, I, it's so funny, I just cleaned out my closet and I'm having this moment of where all I want is black, white, gray, olive green, and navy blue. <laughs> I'm going like fewer, bigger, better. We sort of just went through this exercise. You know, we're hiring people from larger companies that are coming in to help us with our business and fewer, bigger, better has sort of been this thing that's been going around in my business for the last, you know, six months. And so I'm sort of feeling that way personally with my wardrobe and my style. Fewer, bigger, better. Newer, bigger, better things. Because when I go back to my closet, I, you know, when I was looking through when I was cleaning out, it's the fast fashion things are not the things that I'm going back to all the time. Yeah. It's those classic things that might mm -hmm. be a little bit more of an investment, but those pieces last years and years and years. So I'm going for fewer, bigger, better. Mm, for fashion. I love this philosophy. I just, I think we just found our title for the podcast episode. 
Fewer, bigger, Fewer better. better. Jennifer Fisher. I love that Ooh. so much. Fewer, bigger, better. Are you into this quiet luxury trend? I feel like we've all been doing it for a really long time. Now people are just renaming it. Yeah, it just got a name. I understand it and in the succession thing and all the quiet luxury thing, but I feel like it's just been around forever. We just need to listen to it. We get drawn in by fast fashion, I feel like. Yep. So yep. I think it's 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 about having those pieces that you have forever that you can wear again and again and again, day to night, sort of like the jewelry that we that we put out there. Same kind of thing. You know, I always say I want to be the jewelry that sits on your nightstand or in your dish. I never want to be your jewelry that's too fancy to be to that has to be put away and locked up somewhere or you're not going to wear it all year round. I want everything that you buy for me to be able to wear all year round. My scent you can wear all year round, my salts you can use all year round. You can buy my mugs at CB2 and use them all year round. Oh, yes. You know, that reminds me of your collaborations because I know that CB2 collaboration did so well. I think I read something from an interview you did years ago where one day you wanted to be in collaboration with even Porsche or something or Range Rover. Is that still on your list? I really want to do a car. You want to do a car? I really want to do a car. I really want to do a car. I would love to do a car. Oh, my gosh. My father, so this goes back to my, my father sold cars growing up. So I've always been around lots of different kinds of cars. So cars for me are a very special place. Salt as well. It take all kind of goes back to my dad, but I would love to do a car. There's, I would love to make water faucets. I mean, there's so many things that I would love to do that are all sort of like jewelry. The opportunities are endless. Don't tell me that I'm a jewelry designer that has to make handbags. Maybe I will one day, but not right now. Amen. Or shoe. You know, maybe I will. You know, we do shoe collaborations and things like I really believe that when you really follow what you want to be doing and what you feel like is your true path is where you see success. And when you stray from that, you're like, shit, I knew I shouldn't have done that. We all know that it's that inner compass and that that gut feeling that we all talk about. You know, like, don't date that guy. He's, a, You know what I mean? Like certain guys, like, you know. You know. That was I probably the biggest takeaway from my big season of healing I did over the pandemic was stop lying to yourself because everyone does it. You know, you know, you know, you just ignore or you don't listen. Start listening. You know, it's a bad idea. You know, even once you know it, whatever it is, is a bad idea. Don't keep going back to it. You know, it's a bad idea. Do better next time. I want to wish you the best of luck taking your son because it is a big deal. Oh. It's a really big Thank deal. You. And I'm, I'm excited for you and happy. There's a little coming down though. I think you're going to experience. So I'm here if you need a friend because thank you, Kat. It's hard out there, moms. Let me, let me tell you. Thank you so much for having me. You guys, thank you so much for hanging out with me on Cat Sadler now. Don't forget to rate and review the show and make sure you're subscribed or following so you never miss an episode. It sure is a beautiful day. I'll see you next time. truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.